Todd is really sensitive if I don't give him enough space. Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. This episode is sponsored by Thing. The Seattle Theater Group and Sasquatch Festival founder Adam Zacks present Thing. From August 26th through the 28th at historic Fort Warden in Port Townsend, you can enjoy a vast musical lineup, including Jungle, Modest Mouse, Father John Misty, and many more. The Thing Festival features two primary stages overlooking the Puget Sound, not to mention a variety of camping and parking accommodations. You can either book a one-day or three-day pass, and kids 12 and under are free, making this an event for the whole family. Come enjoy live music, art, and beautiful Fort Warden with us. To find out all the details, visit thingnw.org. Welcome back to this episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast. My guest today is Chris Thomas. Chris is a Seattle-area artist who we found, I think, to be fair, Chris, I think we found you because of your Instagram channel. Um, someone on the team thought what you were doing was pretty cool, passed it along to me, we're looking it over. It's like, hey, this is cool. And this seems like an interesting story. So, Chris, welcome. Thank and you. why don't you tell the audience, well, tell them about you. Let's go that way. Well, uh, I live in Seattle. And I didn't, I wasn't born here. I what? was originally. Wait, wait, we're done. If you're not a Washington. Oh, okay, okay. Show. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry. Just kidding. Just kidding. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't mind me. Was originally raised in uh, Renton, Washington, but moved out to Seattle for school back in like, I think that was 2014. So it's been a while now. <laughs> um, and, you know, initially didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, eventually got a history degree i know that doesn't make sense with with what i do well you went, um, you went to the university history. of washington correct correct yeah okay that, go cougs <laughs> go dogs but okay. you know it's okay <laughs> um but i did study some architectural design while i was there because i've always been fascinated with architecture and i took on some drawing skills um i've always been super into art, um, whether it was drawing, coloring, whatever, you know, ever since I was really little mm -hmm. um, and kind of learned some more um, technical skills and really didn't do anything with that for a while after I graduated. I graduated um, in 2019. And uh, after that, I just kind of, uh, you know, just was doing random jobs here and there, uh, worked at a law firm as a file clerk for a while, and finally decided to do um, art full-time uh, actually this year. Okay. Um, but my whole art story kind of started in late 2019 um, with like a, a wine and paint night with my cousins. Um, and we, we were just kind of doing it for fun, and we were doing it uh, probably every other week or so and i just found that i i really missed creating art and so i i kind of delved more into that and kind of just taught myself skills watched some youtube videos watched a lot of bob ross <laughs> <laughs> 
do you make happy little trees? Oh yeah, I make lots of happy little trees. <laughs> and uh, just went from there and I kind of discovered my own style because initially I was doing a lot of landscapes um, and, and kind of utilizing some of that architectural design technical skills. So I was doing a lot of like perspective and, and whatnot, but kind of, I, I've always been interested in space. And so I wanted to do some more space related stuff. And I've always also been interested in, in kind of the surrealist aspect, kind of that style. Mm-hmm. And and I kind of combined those two. So got like my my own surrealism space kind of style going on. And, and that's where that came from. So uh, that's that's yeah. how I got to that. And uh, at one point I was like, looking at through the camera at one of my paintings um, and I had the negative filter on and I thought, you know, that looks really cool. looks really cool in the negative. I want to paint it that way. And so I did that. So I painted uh, a piece in a negative color palette so mm-hmm. that when you, when you look through it, a uh, filter, it looks like normal, like a normal color. And um, that, that's really when my art career uh, kicked off is when I post started posting that on social media. That's when people really were like, "Whoa, this is cool!" And, and I was like, "Yeah, it is cool." <laughs> well, first off, my condolences for being a file clerk in a law office. I, I, <laughs> I can't imagine a more uh, soul sucking uh, existence. So good for you for breaking those chains. Oh yeah, it was definitely I had a little bit of that soul sucking for sure. Um, yeah. So I'm glad I got out. So the wine and art, you know, gatherings, were these yeah. just around at somebody's home or were you doing it at, a, at, a, at an establishment that had those type of events or? We were just doing that at each other's houses, okay. um, just meeting up every week or every other week and having some drinks, doing some paints. <laughs> I, I got, I've got to imagine that um, the combination of, of wine or adult beverages of any sort uh-huh. and paint might have led to carpet cleaning. There was probably some carpet cleaning. I, I was going to say yeah. this, this sounds like a, this sounds to me like a messy endeavor just waiting to happen. <laughs> well, luckily we had a lot of supplies to, to make sure that we didn't get the carpet completely covered, but okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look at look at if you're renting, go to the landlord. Look at the the painting we did on your car, on your floor, Mister Landlord. You know, no, oh, we yeah, we just wanted to, back. to decorate. Yeah. <laughs> well, art is one of those things that, from the outside looking in, that you know, there's this there's this phrase, and it, it's like called a starving artist. You know, there's a lot of yeah. people that um, try to do art of just any any genre, right? Um, whether it be you know. Popsicle sticks glued together into, you know, little dioramas or fine art or anything like that. And it, it almost seems like to me that in in many cases, the word starving doesn't necessarily equate to lack of talent. Or, you know, it, you can be very talented and make no money. Or you, you can be um, like, like Thomas Kincaid. That man... Whether you liked his artwork or not, from a business perspective, you got to admire that that he was able to sell billions of dollars of, of his art at, at, at local yeah. malls across America. I mean, it was, it was amazing to watch this. 
And then you mentioned, you know, Bob, Bob Thomas, Bob, Bob Ross, Ross. Sorry. <laughs> I'm Thomas. He's yeah. Ross. Sorry. Anyway, you, you, you know, Ross, this, this guy seems more popular after he's passed than he did when he was alive. Um, yeah, that's very true. And he's, he's on everything. Somebody sent me as a joke for my birthday. They sent me a tin of like Altoids, but it was in with him on it. And, you know, I was like, what the heck? I've got those very same Altoids. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, and so <laughs> here, here's, here's been this commercialized thing. So you, you said something that I thought was really interesting is that you are making a full-time living doing art after a very, uh, a very short period of time, frankly. I mean, a couple of years. Yeah. And we're going to, I'm going to, I'm just warning you that we're going to come back to that. Okay. Not, you know, but just, Oh but yeah. No worries. Warning you. Um, dare I say, maybe even threatening you that we're going to come back to that. Um, <laughs> but as I'm reading your bio and so this, this is, this is where my brain goes, you know, you dub architectural design, getting into history instead. And then you say, I met my fiance in 2018. And now you tell me you're a self-employed artist in 2019. No, uh, 2022 20, is when I was self-employed okay. self artist. You see what I'm saying? Artist. It's helpful to have a, a supportive partner, isn't it? Absolutely. She yeah. is a huge part of, of why I can do this in the first place. Um, she's really the breadwinner and, and has been for the entire time I've known her. What, what does she do? <laughs> She works at a prosthetics and orthotics clinic in uh, Northgate. Oh, okay. And she is the office manager, and she actually has some some bigger responsibilities now as well. And she manages some of their other locations in other states. Um, so oh. she kind of got like a, a little raise and a um, salaried position, which is nice. Okay. Uh, but yeah, without her support, there's there's no way I could do this. <laughs> right. And then it... it when was the last time you updated your bio? Because what I'm about to read, these things are fluid sometimes. So it's you, probably you, been a hot second since. So I've do you still have bio. two cats? Oh yes, we still have two cats. Still have the the Siberian husky. Yep. Yep. Coded. What about the geckos? We still got the geckos. They're going strong. And the fish. The, the fish, on the other hand, those ones might not be around. They might not be around. Okay. <laughs> the fish that were not named in the bio, by the way, folks. They were, they're like the red was it red shirts on Star Trek those those characters that the, the guys yeah, that always died the that you know, always kind of like how fish yeah. are yeah he <laughs> <laughs> got it yeah I had a fish today it was gone tomorrow type thing so YouTube training you had some you know interest in art but you've never had any really real formal training other than you know architectural drawing so one of the things you also said though is it, your, your first art was landscape related for the most part because you were drawing on perspectives yes. and all that did you find those pieces to be more clinical versus artistic were you were you drawing more on the architectural drawing than you were on being artistic well when i was in uh, my architectural design classes, yes, that was definitely more clinical. Um, later on, when I was just doing the landscapes, mm -hmm. um, I was doing those because I have always been, I've always loved landscapes. I obviously watched Bob Ross a lot, and that's what, that's pretty much all he does, right. is landscapes. And so 
that was the, the initial inspiration for those. Like, yeah, I want to do some of my own. And I used acrylics instead of oils, but mm-hmm. um, still could use some of the same kind of techniques that he used. Uh, but I, I still enjoyed them. It wasn't like a clinical process for okay. me to do those I was just, landscapes. just curious if, it, if yeah. it was, as we go through that artistic journey where you find your voice, you know, your vision. Yeah. Help me out here. You you just said something, and, and I know just enough to not know anything. And that is, you know, Ross was using oils, but you used acrylics. Why the Correct. choice for acrylics? Was it simple economics that oil paints are expensive? Um, that and then also just uh, the, the drying. Mm-hmm. So oils take forever to dry. Um, and there are definitely pros and cons of each each medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, oils, for one, you can you can blend them out and you can really get like a really nice sheen and and, but the the drying process is just so long like it can take months to years to dry depending on on how thick the layers are on your on your canvas Mm -hmm. whereas acrylics you can slap down a layer and it'll be dry within like 20 minutes and then you can keep keep painting over it so for our wine and paint nights you know acrylic is perfect right right Um, it's also water soluble which is, is super nice because if you get oil on the carpet, that's going to be really, really hard to get out. You're going right. to need to use like paint thinner or something yeah, which rather is than just water. destroy you the carpet too. So. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So what's your preferred medium today? Is it still acrylics? Yeah. Today it's still acrylics. Um, for me, I, I use higher quality acrylics now than I used to, of course. Okay. but. Uh, for me, it's still just that drying time. It's really nice. I can just kind of slap down a layer and I can add details over the top of it. Um, I have worked with oils and I, I've worked with other mediums as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm trying to work a little more with oils just, just to practice and get better. But acrylics are always going to be my, my main medium. That's just what I use, what I'm good with, what I know. Um, and, and that's what most of my, probably like 90 five percent of the pieces i've made are with acrylics i think okay and i'm okay so i've just just so you know this is where we're shifting gears just warning you so oh, now yeah. i'm looking okay. I'm, I'm now looking on, i'm on your website still but I'm, I'm looking at your some of the pieces that you have for sale uh-huh and a lot of these are prints that i'm yep. seeing but one of the questions i have with because i haven't looked too much yet so you know this might be really glaringly obvious and i just haven't looked Typically, how big are the pieces that you're working with? What size paintings are you doing? So it really ranges, but I tend to do um, my smallest size being like an 11 inch by 14 inch canvas. Okay. And then the largest canvas, I believe, was uh, 30 by, it was like three feet by four feet, basically. Okay. Um, but the the average canvas size that I work on is is probably 16 inch by 20 inch and that, that's a pretty average size painting anyways um, but that's that's kind of my preferred size because you can okay. get a lot of detail in but it's not so massive that it's it's a huge undertaking which is which is nice have you ever thought about doing something you know on a massive scale oh absolutely I think about it all the time I've actually got a couple big canvases just just waiting to be painted and I just haven't thought of, of what to add to them yet. Okay. Well, oh, I'm putting you on the spot. What do you think it'll be? It's definitely going to be space related. Um, could be my classic floating islands in space with some planets in the background, maybe have an astronaut in there. Um, 
I don't know if I would do a negative piece that large. Uh, that feels like I don't like the appeal of, of that being so big. It'd probably just be in like a normal color palette. Okay. Definitely with acrylics. Yeah, that's kind of that's what I've got envisioned. Um, but definitely no no like set concept. <laughs> let's let's just because we're talking hypothetical. Yeah. How long do you think from a tech? Now, now a lot of my questions will probably be very technical, um, not artistic, no which is. You know, I, I, I understand the artistic part of this could totally derail this question, but a massive canvas, how long do you think it would physically take you to do that? Probably anywhere from 60 to 100 plus hours. Because um, cause my smaller canvases really depends on how much detail I'm putting into them. Right. But say the 16 by 20 inch, those usually take me a little over 40 hours. Um, so I'm just kind of thinking in general, like that's probably, right. that's probably about good time frame is anywhere from 60 to a hundred. I think that's one of the things I think people that are looking at art. Yeah. Overlook is the amount of time that it takes for a piece of art, whether it be a painting or a sculpture or, um, macrame. The, yeah. The time that it takes to and i'm not talking about the time that you spent like with your sketchbook noodling out ideas i'm talking about the idea that you you know the time that you say here's the canvas on the easel i've got my paints i'm going to work that time from that clock going not the creative yeah. process of like even conceptualizing what you're trying to do but just the physical act of creation the, that the work um is very time consuming in most cases you don't just slap together a, a painting um, you don't, exactly you don't just tie a bunch of knots together and go here here's a here's a a plant you know plant holder I need to, I need some new artistic examples I can move past macrame that was like the 70s <laughs> um, so anyway you, you know you don't take you know, and people like there's some people in Seattle that do some pretty cool stuff with like recycled items. And, oh yeah, for sure. And, and that you know, you think about the time that they would spend uh, gathering those items and then trying to find the right place for them. You know, like what am I going to do with this? You know, where's this going to go and that and so, I you know, that's always something I think is in interesting for artists, but. On your on your page, you've got some originals, but you've got a lot of prints, yep. which I think then makes art accessible to the masses because you can, um, you can duplicate it, you can replicate it. The costs are lower, and thus somebody gets something interesting at a, a, a dare I say a uh, impulse buy price, right? They go, oh, I like yeah. that. They just buy it Absolutely. versus oh, the original that's three foot by four foot. Where would I put that? Uh, and also, how do I afford it? Walk me through the process of your prints. How do you how do you go about having those created? Yeah, so my prints, like you say, are a much more accessible option, and and that's exactly why I want to have them. Is because I, I know art is a luxury item, so it's it's really nice when you can go to an artist's website and be like, I I can't afford an original. 
but I would really like your art and I would like to support you. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're like, oh, they have they have got prints, um, which are a much cheaper option. And for me, how, how I go about making those is I'll take uh, a, my camera and I'll take really nice photos of my original piece. And I, I've got all these like lights that I set up. So they got the lighting all correctly. Mm-hmm. And then I will uh, upload the picture to my computer and I'll edit it, make sure that it's all correct so it kind of uh, reflects the real life photo or the real life not photo the real life painting and um, make sure that the the settings are all correct um, and then I will upload it to so the website that I go through is called catprint.com and so I don't go to like a, a local print shop I've always worked with catprint they've just they just have super high quality stuff um, they've got lots of different options like prints, posters, um, other other merch, but mostly mm-hmm. I just do the prints and posters. And of all the print companies that I've gone through, they have just impressed me the most because they also use sustainable um, packaging um, and recycled packaging. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I will even reuse their packaging to send out, say, original pin- prints or uh, original paintings and prints. Um, because it's just it's good quality stuff and um, usually I'll do like a anywhere from 15 to, to 20 prints of each size um, for for a piece mm-hmm. and then I'll sign them all and number them okay because um, usually it'll be like a limited print run and I won't really order um, another like print run unless it's super demanded like it's it's a high demand print people are asking me all about it they want more and i've done that a few times and and i'll make sure to to write that on the print be like this is the second edition of of this give me an example um which uh, one that's been super popular for you so the the ones that i do in the negative color palette those ones are generally pretty popular um, one of my recent ones uh, called Negative Voyage. I just recently replenished that on my website. I ordered uh, more of that one. I just ordered a bunch more this morning, actually, when I woke up. And uh, let's see, I think there's there was another one recently, um, but I, it was it was one of the normal color palette ones. Probably spacing out. I think that's what it was. Oh, that's cool. So, well, help me out here. So, I'm looking at. I'm looking at Negative Voyage. Yep. And that's cool. That, that's 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 very cool. Thank you. Um, double-sided prints. Yep. What's going on there? I, I don't... I guess I'm... Is it the same image, just inverted on the other side? Correct, yeah. I, so for the double-sided prints, um, those ones are always my, my negative ones. I try to make them double-sided because a lot of times people will comment and they're like, oh, I... I would love a print, but I want the, the, the inverted one. I thought, well, good thing my prints are double-sided. You can hang it up whichever way you want. I've even had people um, hang them in like those those glass floater frames mm-hmm. um, so that they can kind of like switch it around so they can see okay. whichever one they want or they hang it from the, the, the ceiling and kind of have it spin around. I was like, that's pretty cool. I like that. Um, and, and that's I've always done that with my negative ones just so people can enjoy both sides, um, both versions of it. You didn't know this was going to like be a 
business podcast because now I've got businessy questions to ask you. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, once again, we're still referring to Negative Voyage. And yeah. at the time that we're recording this, what I'm reading is on your website. It may not be there when somebody listens to this episode in the future. So yeah, it's very possible for, it could be sold out right. by then. So your pricing. Uh-huh. An eight and a half by 11 is 25 bucks plus shipping. Correct. 11 by 14 is 40 bucks plus shipping. And that's for a double-sided piece of work. Mm-hmm. I don't want to tell you you're not charging enough, but that <laughs> seems highly affordable. First off, it does. It seems very approachable for a double-sided piece of, of work. But the thing that I'm actually really questioning you on, seriously, from a business standpoint, uh-huh. $5 shipping? Really? Yeah. Dude, you're losing money. <laughs> I mean, how are you shipping these things for five bucks in the U.S.? Because we ship our water bottles. Uh-huh. So we have we have an Explore Washington State water bottle right right now, and it's with the five tallest peaks in Washington State. And that's costing me over $8 to ship that bottle every time. Oh, wow. And that's the USPS. We do priority mail. Yeah, yeah. It's eight. It's eight, like 804 is the cheapest I get it for. Well, for my so, prints, I... The way I package them, so I, I usually have like cardboard um, on each side of the print, and then I put them in those like rigid mailers. Right. And I'll send it out that way, and I have yet to have it over five dollars in the, in the because I do it USPS, um, uh, just the priority mail, and that's. You, I think my post office is ripping me off, man. <laughs> they're, they're looking at me, going, "Here's a sucker. Let's charge him more." I mean. That's that's okay. So five dollars shipping is just crazy good too. So kudos on you. Okay. So in this one, I'm just I'm gonna go through this line by line now. So so negative voyage double sided prints twenty five to forty bucks. Double sided prints of my acrylic painting negative voyage limited print run of fifteen prints per size all signed. So you're yep. only doing fifteen of this one. Now correct. You might do run four or whatever, and you'll you'll clearly mark it like that. Yeah. But one of the things that you're not saying here is you're not saying you're signing them. That's true. I do generally include it in the picture, but that well, one you, I've got, I it. see, you know, I see where you signed it, you know, see Thomas 2022. Yeah. But are you actually, you know, taking pen to paper, if you will, and, you know, writing it out on there as well? Yep. Like I can show you an example of one of my prints here. I don't know if they'll see it on the podcast. Well, yeah, the podcast, they won't see it, but... In but yeah, my, I just kind of like... So I, yeah. I say what the print is, I write the date, and then sign it, and then the number, just like that. So, for example, over my shoulder, like that. that thing you can't really see because the camera's focused on me, but in the audience, as I can say, because it's just audio. But yeah. that's a printer's proof from a, a, an event that the Jerry Garcia band played, I think, in 1980. And so there's, how, how familiar are you with like poster art, like from that era? Are you familiar with that stuff at all? Probably not very much, honestly. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Well, like back in the day, um, if you go look up like album art from the seventies, you'll see, like, if you go look at Yes or Emerson, Lake and Palmer, uh-huh. they had these kind of surrealistic art covers that these, there was two artists in the Bay Area that were very prolific in this kind of genre and people will pay a lot more money for a signed art piece than they will just the 
you know, the print run. So that's, that's, that's a printer's proof and it's signed. Um, and I got it, you know, online at a poster place in San Francisco a few, 10 years ago or so. Um, where I'm going with this is that actually, I think you signing the work is and telling somebody that you're signing the work is maybe for somebody who's likes your work. I mean, let's first off, let's not, this isn't strictly a business thing, but people like your work, they're buying it. But if you ever blow up and dare I say, we have Chris Thomas on Altoid tins or Chris <laughs> Thomas socks or whatever you, you know, now somebody go, I have a signed, you know, I have a signed print from 2022 before he, he was on that podcast. That's where I found him. And Bob, you know, I'm being, you know, humoring, but I think you should, I think you should definitely say you're signing these things if you're not. And I'm only looking at this one. So I haven't gone through, you know, cart by cart items. So. No, you're totally right. I, I should be, um, noting that down i think that's pretty important because yeah it might be uh, higher coveted if if i actually say that and and the other thing is is that even though they're buying the print if you're signing it it's still it's still dare i say it's still an original it's an original signature of course yeah like it's like having somebody's autograph no you're very right it's weird to think of it that way at at this point but well i mean okay so (laughs) Who's your favorite actor? Ooh, I've got a lot of them. Well, just um, just throw a name at me. It doesn't really. It... I'm gonna throw out Timothy Chalamet. Who? <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> I I do not know who that is. So um, he was in the was recent it? Dune movie. He played okay. Paul. Okay. So if you had a a you know an eight by you know an eight by eleven headshot of him, right? Because you know, uh-huh. and or if you had an eight and a half by 11 headshot of him signed, which one's more desirable? Well, if oh, he writes like is. me, the, the blank one, because if your penmanship sucks, it's not, <laughs> nobody wants to see you know, gibberish scribbled across. But, and also you don't want to write it across their face. But the point is, is that if you have an autographed anything of someone, even a, uh, whether they're an A-list blockbuster star or musician or whatever, or just a, um, local celebrity, if you will, having that connection is always, I think, more desirable. And Absolutely, I, think, I agree. I think your 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 audience might appreciate more. They're buying a print to have your art at home and to support you. Then your signature might might really resonate with them. And if you're already doing it, I think you should just tell them you're doing it. So there's your there's your unsolicited business coaching advice. (laughs) It's worth what you you paid for it. (laughs) By the way, that you didn't pay anything, so it's not really worth a lot. But um, yeah, I'm thinking. You know, there's this sense of when I look at your art, and I'm I'm no art critic, but there's this surrealistic, but yet it's got like the sense of whimsy to me. Yeah, I really like that. I like that description. You know, and it's not, but um, but then there's a couple here that don't look like they belong, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but like you've got the warden in Winter Morning, and those look more like old school, you know. Uh, so when did those? When were those done? So those ones um, were those Winter earlier morning, in your career. I think it was oh, oh. actually in the middle of my career, probably 
earlier 2021. Yeah, it's signed. It's it's signed 2021. Yeah. Yeah, and then the warden, I believe, was it might have been this year or or even late 2021. But um, those ones kind of just sometimes I like to go back to my roots and and do landscapes and kind of see what I can do now um, compared to what I was doing when I started out. Um, But the the piece that you're talking about, the warden, that one actually has a couple kind of Easter eggs almost in them. I, I just think I found them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's because I was just looking at the little print on the cart, right? Yeah. Like when I'm looking at all your things and it says the warden and you just, you really can't tell when you when you zoom in on it though. It's like, well, wait a second. There's some toxic waste. Yeah. Yep. There's like a radioactive barrel there. The The farmer is, is not a person. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Let's say like robot or, or uh, some sort of, um, some sort of robotic farmer because... I'm a super big science fiction nerd, so um, I like to include little things like that in my pieces. Always kind of keep the person guessing what's going on in the piece. Like, what is going on here? Why why aren't there any people? Why is there radioactive waste, you know? Hmm. Why is there a robot tending a farm? <laughs> right. Is there anyone that it needs yeah. to feed? Right. Yeah, good, good point. Well... You mentioned, you know, science fiction is, you enjoy science fiction, and that's a genre that has so many subsets to it, right? And Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, it's just, you know, you, you can like this type, but just not like every other thing, but it's still considered science fiction. Who's a couple of authors whose work you enjoy? Oh, this is a good question. So I really, really like Isaac Asimov. He is probably my favorite science fiction author. Um, and then I really like Kurt Vonnegut and Philip K. Dick. Those those three are like probably the top three for me. Okay. Um, and there's a lot. There's a bunch of other ones that um, I think it was Arthur C. Clarke. He did the. I can't remember the name of the series at the top of my head, but the one that was turned into a TV series. Um, uh, I, I was going to joke and say Firefly, but um. <laughs> oh, I mean that that's a good one too, but I. Yeah, so Isaac Asimov probably has had the most influence on me because of that um, kind of retro science fiction. That's that's what I'm really into. Um, and some of my most recent art pieces have actually been uh, heavily influenced um, by by his work, and then also by artists of that era. So like David A. Hardy has a been a huge influence. He's a an artist that has done a lot of of like covers and magazines and stuff like that um and and then there's a few others that i I can't think of at the moment but he's he's the one that sticks out for sure so i'm not i would not consider myself a science fiction fan in the sense that i realize i'm probably going to annoy everybody that hears me say the following sentences i don't enjoy star trek i don't enjoy star wars (laughs) <laughs> I just don't. I mean, they're they're just they leave. I mean, they leave me flat. The original Star Trek is comical to me. It's just you know, I, I think of it as a comedy. Uh, it just it's laughable. Um, I just don't. And I'm and I know that I know that that's blasphemy. I know that you're you're probably just like clenching your fists on off camera right now, just wanting to punch your computer screen. But don't. It's not worth it. Just a little bit, uh, you know. Yeah, just Star you know, Trek and, and, is a kind of got a. Well, it's like place I was, in my heart. I, I was okay. So, for example, I was I was a guest on a podcast the other day. We recorded the other day, and and the the host was and it was 
it was nothing to do with like kind of like our topic here too. We just also now we're talking TV and movie and had yeah. nothing to do. Okay. But he mentioned that he was going to go watch. Is it the Obi-Wan? Is that the new? Yeah. The new Star Wars show on Disney plus. Yeah. That... And, 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 and I'm like, okay, cool. Go. I, I have zero curiosity about it. Zero. It just doesn't intrigue me at all. But There's the science fiction with that, it's just not for you. No, but people look at me like I, I never saw. Okay, so you're much younger than me, but I, when I was a teenagers, when Star Wars first came out, uh-huh. the original first three Star Wars episodes, whatever they were, four, five, and six in the series, or whatever they're supposed to be, that always baffled me. I never saw them when they came out in the theaters. I never saw them the first time. The first time I saw them was on a on a on a VHS tape. Wow, I'm, and I'm I watched it on, like on a small t- on a small TV and went, "It's the big deal." And then I went, <laughs> I saw him. I saw him when Northgate had a theater, um, and they they re released them back out. You know, you could go watch them, and, and I went and watched them, and they they were better, but it just isn't my jam. Okay, that's all. But I really like reading William Gibson. William Gibson, okay, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's you know cyberpunk, um, you know, it's dystopian near future stuff well then you probably really like the blade runner series blade runner was great i love yeah. blade runner blade yeah. runner is huge to me yeah. I, I love blade runner i, I love loved, blade runner but see yeah. but like star wars star trek um battlestar galactica um those are more like the like the space operas in a sense like that's yeah a, i just it's just yeah it just isn't my thing i just you know and that's okay i mean i'm just of course you know I always like to know where people are getting their, their inspiration from because yours is a little more, you know, you know, Isaac Asimov is, you know, older, not, yes. not something, you know, from ripped from today's space headlines, if you will. Well, you know, I mean, he, Isaac Asimov is like the basis for so many other science fiction concepts i mean even you know star wars star wars heavily influenced by uh isaac asimov's like foundation series and um uh, obviously there's the irobot movie and that's that's an isaac asimov um, yeah and that was that one was okay yeah that that was good that's kind of kind of up your alley of that um kind of cyberpunk ish yeah i kind of like the cyberpunk stuff and you know i i do um now here's one. I'll say this, and this this episode isn't about me, but you, I'm curious to see what your reaction is to this. Okay, let's go. There was a um, comic book, I think it was, or no, excuse me, it was a cartoon series. I think it came out in the '90s. I never watched it, but there was a Netflix series just done. Um, Cowboy Bebop. Oh, okay. Let me finish before you react. Yeah. I actually liked the Netflix series. Was it perfect? No. But I, it was enjoyable. One of my dear friends, in fact, the guy editing this podcast, couldn't stand it because it wasn't true to the cartoon series, which I'd never watched. What's your take on that? Well, I'll be honest, I have not seen the Netflix series, but I have watched all of the original animated show and have loved it. I mean, that's that's peak sci-fi right there. Right. Everybody that I've talked to that's watched the 
the the original cartoon is like this just sucked i can't believe they just destroyed it they blew it blah 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 blah. i don't know i haven't i watched a couple of episodes of the cartoon afterwards and i i still think the netflix show held up okay i mean it was just what it was it was just kind of a uh semi-humorous look at the future yeah uh with yeah, you know flying cars and and you know old 50s cars flying around you know it's just interesting um well, but i, I can whole see concept for sure yeah and i can see where your art could be influenced by those things yeah you know but i'm also looking at your art and i'm seeing i'm looking at the in an in inversion of sampo yep yeah, that one I just posted on my website to this morning, actually. Coming soon. Yep. And that's both futuristic and historic. At exactly. The same time to me. At, 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 to me at the same time. And the tree looks happy. Just going to say. It does. It does look happy, doesn't it? It looks happy. <laughs> so this, let's talk about this since this is coming soon. Yep. The original. What have you done with the, did the original cell? So that one was actually a custom commission piece. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if you know anything about Finnish folklore. I do not. So the Sampo is um, like a, a magical object in Finnish folklore that was created by, um, there's a guy called Ilmarinen, I believe is how you pronounce it. Okay. And he was like this blacksmith. He created this magical, it's like a, a mill so you put stuff in it and you grind it up and then out pops out anything you want because it's magical so kind of like put alchemy in, then if you will yeah so you put yeah. in like rocks and then gold comes out or you put in water wine comes out and the the folklore behind it is basically like um his whole village was prosperous and then it got stolen and then there was a there's a bunch of art picturing like uh the recovery of the sampo and uh, that's kind of where my inspiration for that piece was. And then I, I put it in my own world. And um, yeah, so that's where that came from. The, the guy that commissioned it in Finland actually um, wanted to me to include some Finnish folklore. And uh, that's the idea that we came up with. And I think uh, I, don't, I really enjoyed making his concept come to life. So that's where that's what that is all about, basically. Wow, this is really interesting to me because I'm looking at, on your site, you have the inverted version is the first picture. Yep. Right? And I'm looking at it and I'm like, there's not a lot of detail in the guy. That's just my initial first thought. Yeah. Oh, there's not a lot of detail in the guy. And honestly, I was like a little like, oh, I wish there was more. That was my initial reaction. (laughs) Okay, I just, I'm trying to, I'm trying, I am trying to actually quote unquote paint a picture here. And then I click on the other image, and then all of a sudden, there's all the detail that I wished was there. Yeah. That's really, really cool. That's a really cool... To see it like that is very, very cool. Although, I will say, the tree doesn't look quite as happy in the second version. <laughs> just doesn't look. I kid. I kid. No, that's really cool. So that's something that's coming out and so that was a commission piece that you did for somebody in finland correct yep okay the last time i looked at a at a map the a globe or just paid attention to the the world 
you live in Seattle and Finland's far away. Yeah, it's just how, a little bit far away, you know, just yeah, a few you, miles. So how did you, how did this person, fi- I mean, you're going to say the internet, but how did this person, <laughs> how did this person find you? Was it, was it literally your website they found you on or? Uh, it was probably uh, either my Instagram or my TikTok. Uh, oh, really? I, I do a lot of the, the TikToking, you know? Okay. All right. Let's go there. Cause I don't, <laughs> I use, I, I've been joking lately. I say I'm still on AOL, but um, TikTok. How on earth are you promoting yourself? Because my 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 awareness of TikTok is people doing chore- choreographed dances, or I, I knew that's uh, what you were gonna say, or some <laughs> some attempt at being funny in a thirty second clip. So, how are you promoting your art on TikTok? So, like you're saying, I think a lot of people when they when they think of TikTok, especially if they're not avid users of TikTok be like oh isn't that the the dancing app you know for kids and stuff um and and that's actually not true i mean that's partially true there is a lot of that on there um but tiktok is an amazing place to promote anything whether it's your art or your small business or whatever you want your podcast um and for me i'm not gonna dance just just telling you i I don't dance on there either so (laughs) maybe sometimes but very rare occasions very rare occasions okay at least the (laughs) wine was involved okay yeah there there might have been wine involved (laughs) but um honestly i just started posting my art on there just just videos maybe i did some like little short process videos so showing like little brush strokes and then the finished piece at the end something like that with music to it of course and uh really from there that's that's where my uh my tiktok blew up a bit so i've got a decent following on there and i and by decent what do you mean uh, a little over six hundred thousand. excuse me did you say (laughs) six hundred or six hundred thousand six hundred (laughs) thousand wow okay so that definitely helps promote art um having a a nice little following uh wow and i i like to do videos of my negative paintings where i'll hold them up and then i'll do like a little snap and then the filter will come over and then you can see what it looks like in the filter and those videos do really well people really like them and I think some people don't actually understand what's going on because they're like, whoa, did you turn the black light on? Like, what, what happened? So like, no, no, I just, uh, there's a filter over the screen. So that, that's pretty much how I use my TikTok. Just, just posting my art. And sometimes I'll post, like, if I get a print order that comes in, I'll, uh, I'll do the unboxing video and I'll take all the prints out and show them off. Be like, yeah, here they are and stuff like that. Am I blowing your mind over there? <laughs> You're in your 20s, right? Yes, I'm 26. Okay. So my daughter's 27. And my daughter, Mackenzie, runs our social media channels. Correct. And I think her favorite saying to me these days is, okay, boomer. <laughs> um, I, and basically, I... I think I've been on TikTok, TikTok twice. I think, you know, I look at our Instagram occasionally. I don't look at it very often. My thing is I do the podcast, the newsletter, email, the, the stuff that moves slower. 
dare we say. <laughs> yeah. So first off, when you say you have 600,000 followers or whatever they're called on TikTok, that's, that's impressive. Earlier on, we, uh, we had a recorded an episode with a, a woman who has a talking dog who lives in Tacoma. A bunny, right? Bunny. And at that time, that dog had over multiple, like two or three million followers. And yeah. I was just like, are you kidding me? I, I, that blew me away. And we had um, earlier uh, a guy out of Washougal who's the blind woodsman. Oh, that's cool. And he is, he, he videos himself working a lathe. Which I just find fascinating that a blind guy is using, you know, power tools. I just, I just, you, you almost want to tune in just to, to, you know, to see. But TikTok has been, I mean, he's got a huge, huge, huge following on TikTok. And people, I've said, I, I was talking to my granddaughter and I said, oh, I want to talk to the blind, this guy, he goes by the blind woodsman. And she goes, oh, I know him. I've watched his stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> what? You know, and so... I'm I'm going to acknowledge that TikTok is not something that's, you know, my thing. And that's okay. And it's okay. But so long rambling way to ask this question. I get the idea. I love the idea of you showing brush strokes and then the final print. I think that to me, that's like, that makes sense to me. Like that's like from a marketing standpoint, from a promotional standpoint, from a interesting to watch standpoint, that makes sense to me. It does. Yeah. I love the idea of you showing the, the negative and then applying the filter. That's, that's almost like magic. That's, that's like, that, that's a parlor trick. It's cool. But then you said you do your unboxings and that one, cause just earlier today, before you and I started recording this, Mackenzie said, cause we just got some new stickers uh-huh. and she goes, have you taken any pictures of them? I go, no, not yet. I haven't had time. I haven't unboxed them. She goes, Oh, I want you to record yourself unboxing them. And the first thought through my head was, why? <laughs> why? Who wants to watch me open a box with stickers? <laughs> You'd be surprised. You would be Is surprised. A, so are you, are you telling me that your unboxing of a package of prints is, is TikTok worthy? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't know what it is about unboxing things, but people just love to see it. I think it's the, almost the like Christmas the surprise, experience. The I mean, we're vicariously... Yeah. Yeah, we're vicariously watching somebody get a present, if you will. I get, exactly. I, like, I like watching like unboxing of like computer equipment, or you know, I'm unboxing my new my new digital camera, and you know, because I'm thinking about buying that digital camera, so yeah. I want to like see like, well, what does it look like? How, you know, how's the packaging? Blah blah blah. But stickers left me flat. I was like, really? Hmm. And then now you're telling me you're unboxing prints, which no offense to your prints. It doesn't seem particularly interesting either. <laughs> um, but you're telling me it, you do that. Good for you. Okay. Yeah. No, I think I think it's good for people to see that, like seeing you open it up for the first time and, and seeing your reaction or seeing just seeing them brand new and, and you open it up and you're taking the plastic off and they're like, oh, that's that's really cool. Like I'm looking at you looking at it for the first time kind of thing. And I think you okay. could do that with your stickers too. I mean, it sounds kind of mundane, but it, it's something small. You just post on on your social media and be like, "Hey, we got these new stickers came in. Look how they look." They just I don't know if AOL yeah. has an ability for me to post. 
Yeah, you might have to check with the with that. <laughs> so, all right, you you've got this is I, I warned you when we when we when we talked about you being on the show. Who knows the direction this will go? And I, I didn't think it would go where we're going with it. But <laughs> I can't I can't seem to not like get off this trail. So I apologize if no this isn't what. But so you got six hundred thousand ish um, TikTok followers. Uh huh. And you and you what was the last thing you shared on TikTok? I think the last thing I shared was uh, one of my paintings I did recently. And I, and I just kind of like stood there and then I revealed it. So I had it like kind of out of, out of frame and then I just brought it in and, and just showed it off. And it was like a seven second video. That's it. All right. How many times has that been watched? I think that one was, I'd have to look. It's probably only been viewed about 2,000 to 3,000 times, which, you know, isn't like a whole lot considering the, the amount of followers but um, it really depends on the video too okay so first off did you hear what you just said you just kind of said oh, two thousand three thousand times that's not that much can you imagine <laughs> no seriously think about this in traditional methods you're standing on a street corner holding up your your piece of art yeah how long would you have to stand there for somebody to look up for it to be observed two or three thousand times Probably, you know, a couple of days at least. <laughs> and or you you have your piece of art hung in a public space, whether it be a, a restaurant or a gallery. How long is it going to be before your art was exposed to two or three thousand people? Definitely a while, it's, that's for sure. It's Yeah. And so think about that now. So the other question, part two of my question then is, what's your most viewed TikTok uh, I Ish. believe my most viewed TikTok was around 15.6 million views. Okay, now do the math standing on a street corner. Uh, I can't. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> mind boggling. I mean, it's 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 staggering how um, the exposure that we can all get um, Absolutely. from these platforms. And I would not have thought that unboxing your art or... Yeah, I wouldn't have thought that one. But I get the paint struck one. That's kind of cool. So the the most the most vis- viewed the fifteen point six. What was that? That one was one of my uh, negative pieces. I believe it was either negative trek or negative voyage. So one of those ones. Um, both of those have around the same amount of views, actually. Now, do you have any methodology? Once again, business question. But do you have any methodology in tracking? sales that come because of tiktok views, uh, to, your, views to your site because I, of social the site that i have doesn't really like to tell me where all of the um all of the people came from i guess i could check on tiktok and i, I think there's a way you can look and see how many people have clicked your your link in your bio and stuff right um, but that wouldn't like directly correlate to sales or anything but i guess i could do some sort of percentage but um, do you see do you see a a direct correlation between an unboxing, let's say, and orders? Oh, absolutely. Um, if I do an unboxing video and I, I post it on, say, TikTok and Instagram, I can definitely tell that people have watched it because I'll, I'll sell, even if it's like one or two prints, you know, I'm like, okay, well, people actually saw the video because I just posted it and they just ordered wow. that print. So I, I can that's assume cool. that that's, that's why. That's, that's very cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll try to pull myself off the business nuts and bolts and, and we'll go back to the creative. <laughs> be creative because, you know, that's 
you know, that's more you. But I mean, the business aspect of of being an artist is, is a huge part of it, too. It's not all the creative, especially no, now I, I, full time. So now that you're full time. All right. Thank you. That you good. Great transition. <laughs> what's what's next? What do you what do you envision for the next, you know, you know, from today out a year or so? Because you can't forecast beyond that, really. But, uh, it's true. So what do you what do you want to do? I have a lot of things I want to do. Um, something I've wanted to do for a while is really build up my YouTube channel. I know YouTube is is a little older now, but it's still a good platform for artists. Was that a dig? <laughs> Maybe not intentionally, but... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I wanna... it, your, your, the appropriate response would have been, if, if you had to ask, then yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay so why so what what will you do what do you want to do with your youtube channel so with youtube i can do a lot longer videos um tiktok tiktok recently did give me the option to do 10 minute videos which is oh wow pretty pretty amazing but mm-hmm. youtube obviously i could do is pretty much as long as i want and my idea is i want to do kind of tutorials Maybe not unlike Bob Ross, but do kind of like you could do a follow along paint with me mm-hmm. or maybe do some uh, vlogs um, where I just talk about what's going on, like what's going on with my art, what kind of events am I doing, uh, mm-hmm. what projects am I working on. And I can really go more in depth on YouTube just just with the amount of time that I would have um, and, and just kind of build that up. I, I just think that that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, rather than just posting seven second videos uh, so people don't really get to know me, um, the person mm-hmm. behind the art. Well, and that's absolutely true is people get to know you more. They'll, there'll be a deeper connection. Yeah. So it just clicks on something else here. Out of time. Holographic. The photograph doesn't look that much different to me than your other art i i, I don't know if the photographs are displaying the, the the holographic nature of it or am i am i am i glaringly overlooking something i let's see out of time i'm gonna look at it too because it's been a while since i've looked at that one on my oh no that one yeah okay so the holographic aspect of it if you kind of look at the the varying um pictures of it you can see like the little speckles of holographic so that's what's different about it okay and um it's a lot higher quality print and uh, more expensive to get that's why it's it's a little bit pricier and there's yeah, only and- so many of them right but okay. those ones are really cool i i really like them they they look super cool when you're like just holding them up and even when they're just on the wall and you're walking by, it really changes the whole piece. Okay. And I think it flows really well with a lot of my space pieces, having them be holographic like that. Okay. All right. Them- thematically, what do you, what do you want to do in the, in the upcoming, what do you, what do you, where are you, where are you going these days um, with your, with your art? the style of it what what how are you evolving i feel like i'm 
bringing back a lot more of those technical aspects that I, I was kind of learning in architectural design, um, especially with some of this retro kind of science fiction art that I've started to make. Mm-hmm. I am I'm going back to that age old perspective and I'm just, I really want to do like book cover esque kind of science fiction art. I, I think that would be ideal um, and, and hopefully maybe even the future actually have a real book cover or, or magazine cover. I, I have had my art inside of magazines, just never as, as a cover. Okay. But that would be uh, what, what cool. magazines have covered you in print. I was published in the artist Donish magazine, I believe in April, 2022. And then I was also published in the utopia science fiction magazine, uh, back in 2021. Nice. All right. And then there's some other magazines that I'm aspiring to be published in. I think uh, one of them is Birdie Magazine. That's a pretty big one. Uh, and then, uh, if I could remember the name, it's Infinite Worlds Magazine. I've got a copy over here. Is your work ever displayed locally in the Seattle area? Yes. Um, last month and the month prior, I had my art up at Verity Credit Union over in the uh, Greenwood area. Uh- and uh, I'm it was... sorry, nothing says art like credit union. <laughs> yeah, but um... so so it, all all kidding aside, how how did how did you place your art in a credit union? Uh, it just seems like an. I mean, it makes sense because people are going into the lobby. That makes sense, but yeah. But did this... you go up to the teller and say, "Hi, I'd like to make a withdrawal and put my art, and I'd like to put three <laughs> pieces on the wall"? Or so how did that work? For this, in this case, I, I kind of had an in because um, my friend works there. And okay. uh, him and the manager uh, are nice to each other, you know, right. <laughs> and the manager reached out and was like, we would really like to, to have your art up. And I was like, yeah, I, that would be awesome. And, and that's very so cool. that's kind of how that happened. And um, there's like a little art walk that happens there on the second Friday of every month. So for those two months that it was there, uh, I was part of that art walk, which was pretty cool. And uh, just hung up my art all around their credit union. It's not like the usual kind of bank vibe that you would get mm-hmm. from, from a space that, that there's a bank in. Right. Um, they have a really cool area, like like this lit area where you can hang a pretty nice sized piece of art. And so I put one of my large pieces there and then they've got a lot of wall space and then they've got kind of like these display windows, almost like, if you were going into like a retail store or something, you know, like where they got display windows. And so I put my art in there as well. And, um, I, I just, it was a pretty cool experience overall. All right. Good. Good. When and you're not painting, when you're not being an artist, what do you, what do you guys like to do for fun and excitement? Oh, that's a, another great question. Um, well, my fiance and I like to go on hikes, so we haven't really done as many recently because of um, the baby. That's, we're trying to bring her out more often. Um, mm-hmm. We like to do that. We also like to just visit with family. Um, mm-hmm. So whether it's in Utah or here, because my, my fiance is from Utah, so okay. we'll go over there and visit with her family. And, and we used to do hikes over there a lot, too. So there's a lot of amazing like national parks over there that we would go visit um uh, yeah i mean visit with friends so like okay (laughs) well yeah art and wine you know well that was family so um 
give me an example of some hikes that you guys like to do. Around Seattle, there's some kind of like more local, just like we live right next to Carkeek Park. And mm-hmm. I know that's not like a huge hike, but it's no. still really pretty. And, and just walking through, it, it's kind of amazing that that's just in Seattle. Like right. it doesn't feel like you're in the city when you get further in the park. It just feels like you're on a hike. I mean, you can occasionally hear city sounds and there's airplanes flying over and stuff. But when you forget all that, you're like, oh, this is this is nice. I, I don't think I'm in the city. Right. And the beach right. is no, right there. So we just walk yeah. down to the beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we used to many years ago, used to live by Carkeek as well. So awesome. Uh, long, long time ago. I'm, all those big, tall trees that are in Carkeek now, yeah. those were all like, like little saplings. <laughs> it was that long ago. Do you drink coffee? Oh, absolutely. I'm drinking coffee right now. Oh, okay. Well, I also saw you were, you know, it's a cat, you know, your cat. What, what is your mug? Oh, is it cat, cat owner, cat, cat yeah, parent mug? cat dad. Cat dad. Yeah. So coffee and a cat dad mug. Uh, so where's some good coffee up in there, up in your neck of the woods? Um, I mean, we really don't go out to coffee that often, but. What? Come on. Uh, You're, you live in Seattle. Well, we, I thought, we, we like I, to brew didn't you have to like own. sign an oath that you would like drink six cups of coffee from, you know, coffee shops a day to live live in King County? I thought that was required. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. It's definitely a requirement. We're we're kind of under the the quota. Oh, sorry. We didn't mean to out you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when I lived over um, closer to the Northgate area, and we, we are kind of close to that now, but a Jewel Box Cafe was a. Uh, pretty good hot spot for my fiance that's where we had our first date as well okay um we loved going there a lot they have where is that at uh so do you know like the thornton place kind of area where the movie theater is at yes yeah so it's it's right there um in, in okay. that kind of like area so there's like a subway okay. there and whatnot okay. but jewel box cafe is right there and they have really good like panini sandwiches wraps so we would mm-hmm. always get like breakfast wraps and, and stuff like that when we would go and there's occasional times where i still miss going there because we don't really go there as often mainly i, I mainly stay at home and, and watch the the baby and do my art so. right right and has um how much has having the child impacted your productivity well during the day i don't really do a lot of painting that's for mm-hmm. sure um, but I can do more of the business side of things because um, w- when it comes to painting, I feel like I really need to get in that headspace. Mm-hmm. And so if if I have to take care of my baby, um, right. I can't really get fully in that headspace because obviously she, she needs to be fed or, or held or, or whatnot. And I, I, I need to like sit down and have like a long period of time to focus on that. But the business mm-hmm. side of stuff, like say I'm ordering prints, or I'm packaging orders. I can do that because it's just kind of like a small little thing that I can I can just get done during the day. So I can do that. Um, but productivity-wise, I don't feel like it's affected me that much because, to be honest, when I was working full-time as a file clerk, that's that's what really impacted my productivity as an artist. <laughs> right. You could. You, you, I think the law firm would probably frown on you packaging something in between filing. Absolutely. Point, you know, yeah. To, I just have that suspicion. So you mentioned, you know, you to, to when you're being creative and you get into that headspace. So for you, what what is the creative when you're in the zone? What's what 
are you listening to music? Are you drinking a ton of coffee? Or, you know, what is it that you're doing that helps you get into the flow? Uh, first of all, I guess to both of those. <laughs> all right. Um, I usually play like more ambient music sometimes, but it really depends on the mood I am in that day. Uh, sometimes I'll play like synth wave kind of 80, 80s style music. Sometimes I'll just listen to 80s music. Sometimes I'll listen to modern day, day like psychedelia or okay. indie. I don't know. It really depends, but I'll put on a playlist. Um, I got my cup of coffee and usually a cup of water as well. Um, yes, I occasionally have dipped my paintbrush in both of those on accident. <laughs> Happens a lot. <laughs> Oh, Did the that ruining the of day. coffee. That's the tragedy. You've ruined coffee. Oh, absolutely. By mixing... Yeah, forget the paint. The... You know, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, that... I've even Ugh. drank my coffee after putting the paintbrush in on well, accident. Yeah. I was I, like, why does this taste I would weird? <laughs> yeah, I would too. Oh, mm, blue. Yeah. Mm. but um, Blue doesn't I... taste very good. The red's better. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The red's better, huh? <laughs> but All I've right. got my little studio in the basement here. Um Okay. And so I'll come down here, put that playlist on, get my coffee going, and just kind of sit down. And a lot of times what I'll do is I'll journal before I actually do my, my sketch or anything. I'll, I'll do some journaling and okay. kind of write about like what's going on, how I'm feeling. And that is kind of like a cathartic thing that I do before painting. The painting itself is also pretty cathartic. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of just get in this zone, just kind of space out. Sometimes my fiance will come down and like try to talk to me and take her a couple times before I'm like, Oh, what? Oh, sorry. I didn't realize you were here or she'll really scare me. Not on purpose, but like she'll come down and I'll literally jump. (laughs) So out of what you just described, I've got two, two questions. Number one is how many are you working on more than one painting at a time? Oh yeah, all the time, all the time. There's so more than how many are you typically working on? Anywhere from three to five, and I gotta okay. say, not all of those get finished. <laughs> sure, sure, no. But I was just wondering if it was you know you start from sketch to completion, and are you're you're working in various phases on multiple properties? Okay, yes. so cool. And sometimes I don't even sketch at all. Um, mm-hmm. It depends if it's a commission like custom piece. I'll definitely do a sketch because I'll send the the client I'll, I'll send them the rough sketch be like this is kind of the concept that i'm thinking of and stuff but mm-hmm. if it's just one i'm doing for fun i'll just kind of sit down i'll start slapping paint on the canvas and kind of go with the flow listen to the music mm-hmm. and, and there's a lot of pieces that have just just arise from that so then the other question you mentioned is you you do you journal if you, you use the word cathartic have you ever gone back and when you've completed a piece and look and then looked at the journal entries corresponding to the, the time period that you were working on the piece. And do you ever see any connections between the journal entries and the finished art? Oh, definitely. There's sometimes where I, I look at how I was feeling that day. And then I look at the painting that, that came out of that feeling and I, there's there's definitely a connection you can be like okay, okay i was yeah. not feeling good that day I was feeling a little depressed maybe and the the piece that came out of it is definitely representative of that okay okay all right as we wrap this up my last question for you okay what didn't i ask you that i should have 
maybe like what I'm, what kind of events I'm doing in the future. Oh yeah. Very yeah. good. What? So, so Chris, what events are you got going on in the future? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> in July, good question, Scott. thank you for asking. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, in July. So next month, I don't know when, when this will come out, but this will come out in that time frame. So okay. this might be relevant. So okay. it might be this month. Um, yes, but I'm going to be at two art fairs. So I'm going to do the Wedgwood art festival, uh, which I believe is the, let me check the calendar really quick. Yeah. That's going to be the ninth and 10th. Okay, the 9th and 10th of July 2022. Correct. And the Alki Art Festival, or Art Fair, sorry, is going to be the 23rd and 24th of July. And so I'll be at both of those. It's going to be a busy, okay. busy month. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and anything else in the future after that you got on the books? Uh, in between those, my fiance and I are getting married. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. There's no stress there. There's a little bit of stress, but it's it's not as bad as it could be because we're having a very small wedding. Um, it's actually going to be in my parents' beautiful backyard. Um, okay. And we're just inviting very immediate family because we've, okay. we've waited way too long. So we joked about right. getting a cake that that says F and finally on it. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. Okay. Well, con- congratulations in advance for that. Thank you so and, much. Uh, and uh, and also, you know, kudos to you on your art and, and making it um, something that allows you to not be a file clerk. Yes. And allows you to be a stay-at-home parent. That's an opportunity That's that huge for us. you will always look back on and go, that was very cool. Glad I got to do that. And... Um, in the moment, you may not appreciate that. In, in, in any given moment, like uh, a diaper might not make you smile. But yeah, they rarely do. But <laughs> right. But in the future, trust me on this. In the future, you'll look back on this period of time and go, "That was." I'm really glad I did that. It's you'll you'll appreciate that. And I look forward to seeing more of your art. I think what you're doing is really cool. I, I like the I like the way you're doing the double sided prints. I think that's a really um, very good use of, of of a way of displaying your art it's almost like you know like those shirts that you can wear inside out you yeah know, intentionally yeah. wear them inside out you know you know but it's a good use of that of that it's some thank flexibility you. for people and uh yeah thank you for uh taking the time to be on the show with me today of course I had a good time Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.